And the rebound cleared off the boards and out through center. Kane fell down. Here's Kempe breaking free of McDavid, heading for the net. Kempe shoots and scores. And the Kings win game five. Five, four, in overtime. The Edmonton Oilers picked themselves up off the mat like Rocky tonight, but in the end, it's the L.A. Kings who say, yo, Adrian, Kempe with the game winner. The L.A. Kings win game 5-4, five, five, and the Edmonton Oilers will face elimination Thursday night in Los Angeles. The Oilers were trailing most of the night. The Kings went ahead 3.53 into the game. The Oilers had it tied for a little bit in the second period. Kings were up 3-1 after two. Oilers got it to 3-2. Kings came back, made it 4-2. Seven and a half minutes left. Didn't look good. Then Dreisaitl scored shorthanded. And then on a late power play, a beautiful feed for McDavid to Dreisaitl for his patented one-timer. And the Oilers had a lot of pressure down the stretch. We went to overtime, but in overtime, the Oilers really didn't touch the puck. I mean, they got it long enough to flip it out to center. And uh, Kempe stormed in down the right wing after Hyman and Kane missed the puck in the neutral zone. McDavid and Keith were back defending both out uh, on a long shift. And Kempe cutting in from the right side, a left-handed shot across the top of the crease and beats Mike Smith. It was his second of the game. So Los Angeles wins it and the Oilers are in trouble here and it was another game that the Oilers did not start well um, I mean they've had some first periods in this series that haven't been very good this might have been their worst they were probably fortunate to get out of it down only one nothing 16-5 the shots for the LA Kings in the first period we talked before the game our shots on goal always an indication of game flow I would say no not always but I think in that period a perfect indication of game flow. L.A. was better. L.A. was harder on pucks. They were quicker to pucks. They were the more resilient team. They were more willing to shoot, which I think is something that uh, the Oilers are going to have to correct here going into the next game, and that, that allowed them to get control. The Oilers did have the push in the third period. Credit for them coming back, but still uh, a tough, tough loss, and now the Oilers can't lose. Uh, they got to win game six. They got to bring it back. And then they got to win game seven on home ice if they're going to move on to the next round. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. I'm Reed Wilkins. Cam Moon is going to join me in a few minutes. Uh, Cam Moon pinch hitting for Rob Brown, who will rejoin us for game six on Thursday night. Uh, if the Oilers could have got to five tonight, we would have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would have allowed you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. But instead, it is the Kings who get the uh, fifth one, 43-28, the final shots on goal in this game. So when the Oilers do get it to the net, they can create a little bit of havoc and they can beat Jonathan Quick, but they don't do that nearly enough. And, and I think a couple of things are happening. First of all, for the, the Kings to, to ramp up that shot total, and we've seen this through five games and we've expected it, it they get across the blue line and they look to put it to the net. And we'll expand on that in a couple of minutes. Here's Oilers coach Jay Woodcroft. Employment of your starts and how it's, it's been a problem in this series and it's not getting better. You got 48 hours. How do you fix it? What has to change to start games? 
Well, we're, uh, it's, I can tell you it's not for a lack of effort. Our players are aware of it. Um, there's some small things we can do um, in terms of establishing forecheck, um, starting with the puck off, off the opening faceoff, shooting the puck early in the game. Those type of things, I think, can help a team just establish a little bit of momentum uh, in some zone time. And essentially, that's what... What we're seeing is, uh, as the series plays out, it's almost a turf war for zone time. Both teams have had moments. Their moments have happened uh, early in the first period. Um, we can do a better job with our starts. Uh, Jay, I just uh, wonder how you would kind of piggyback off Jason's uh, question, just kind of char characterize your, your puck play early. It seemed like there may be some... Yeah, we weren't good enough early. We were not good enough. We didn't have enough people going early. Um, I thought the, you know, as the game wore on, we uh, we started to find more and more players, and uh, we made a game of it. But essentially, we we chased the game um, from the opening puck drop, and we did a good job, like I said, of coming back. But in the end, uh, it it proved too big a hill to climb. I ask because I don't think they've ever been a pair together. I just wonder why you decided to start the overtime with, with uh, Keith and Kulak together. Yeah, just uh, that's just something that we thought was uh, going to help us uh, as we went, went through the overtime period there. I thought, um, you know, as you watch the late second and then into the third period, the, the bingo balls were... Uh, bouncing around in terms of our lines and our D pairings and whatnot. And so um, we're trying to find uh, the right mix. It didn't work for us tonight, but uh, certainly liked our resolve and resiliency in the third period. Now the trick is to uh, put it together for an entire 60 minutes. The J LA system's pretty clear, Connor talked about. You know they're going to play a 1-3-1. One, one. Yep. What's Is being more aggressive or more patient the better way to break down a 1-3-1? One, one? Well, I think during the series we've had uh, good moments and um, and then moments where uh, we've played into their hands. I think the whole design of the one three one is to try and impede speed. And uh, when we've executed the way we want to, we've we've had our fair share of that zone time. And uh, when we've um, been stubborn or turned some pucks over, then it, it ended up coming back the other way. So uh, it's been a it's part of their game plan, uh, part of their identity of who they are. We're, you know, we have an identity, and in the end, we lost a 5-4 game in overtime today. You moved some pieces around on some lines. It seemed fairly clear early in the first that, I mean, some of those guys just fell off the board. Was it disappointing to you that, you know, you didn't get more from certain guys that were put in those positions? Yeah. Yeah, we weren't uh, we weren't pleased with anything in the first period, and uh, that's not on any one player or anything like that. We just didn't feel we had much giddy up or, or much jump in our step, and uh, from that point. Um, you know, we're coaching to win and we're, we're trying to find the people that are going. We're looking for sparks. And uh, as the game wore on, we've, we found more and more players. As I said, um, you know, it was, it was a tough, tough way for us to lose. But, um, you know, being down early uh, proved to be too difficult a hill to climb. 
just thinking in different moments, some of them your group really rose to in terms of the comeback and such. There's other moments that they seem to have struggled a little bit with, starts of games, even the start of overtime. That's a big moment, and it hasn't gone the right way. Are you sensing nerves in your group, or what are you seeing in some of those moments? No, I think, um, you know, as I said earlier to Jason, I think there's there's things that we can do better. Uh, sometimes it's a face-off win. Sometimes it's a 50-50 puck battle. Sometimes it's an ability to uh, get the clear uh, instead of, um, you know, turning it over. Those type of things we can do better um, in terms of um, the moments. Uh, you know, I, I think our players showed their level of heart and res resolve and resiliency in the way we fought back, but we didn't help ourselves uh, by finding ourselves down early. And, and we will have to correct that. Um, and that's where our mindset is. We're going down to L.A., and we're trying to win one game and um, they're going to try and close us out. The pressure's on them as the home team. And for us, um, our job is to find a way to have a good start to the first period, find a way to win one game. Uh, Jay, you guys put together a, a good run at the end of the season, uh, largely on keeping the puck out of your net. Uh, this is a you know, regular season, a low-scoring Kings team, they're getting four a night on you here. Uh, does it have to start in your zone before it gets better anywhere else? They scored four last game and five five this game. That's nine over the last two games. And we scored four tonight. That should be enough to win a game. And uh, you're asking if we can tighten some things up. Yeah, there's some things that we can tighten up. I thought we turned some pucks over tonight. That ended up coming back the other way. I think uh, we were a little bit as, we were a little bit slow in D-zone coverage when normally we're fast and physical. Um, you know, uh, in the last two games, there's certainly some things we can tighten up. At this point, heading forward now to the game in a couple nights, is this, uh, uh, as a coach, do you, is this, are these technical fixes? Do you have to play on a team that, that needs to lift their emotions more? You know, how do you take tonight's effort and make it a lot better for two nights from now. Yeah, I think we'd like to bottle the energy that we had in the third period, um, the chemistry that we found in the third period, uh, and bring that into the start of the game. We're looking for a complete 60, and in order to have a complete 60, we need all 20. Um, so for me, tactics-wise, Jason uh, asked about their neutral zone forecheck, 1-3-1. One, one. We've had good moments through it. They've had good moments. Both teams know exactly uh, the way the other team wants to play the game. It's about who goes out and executes. And, and uh, we know that we can do a better job, and that's where our focus is, is on getting our athletes um, regenerated and getting their minds right so that we can go in and win one game in Los Angeles. Jay, you talked about the resiliency you saw out of your group in the third period there. How do you harness that and, and carry it forward to Thursday? Yeah, well, I think we'll we'll end up having a good meeting tomorrow about uh, some of the things that we did well and certainly some of the things that will need to be improved. Uh, certainly the start to tonight's game was not at the level that it needed to be. Um, but I think uh, for us, we're going to try and focus on uh, some of the positives and address some of the things that need to get taken care of. Jamie, David and Dreisaitl were under 20 tonight. Was that a product of just the, the parade to the penalty box? and some? Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of penalty. You know, you saw even in the third period when we were killing penalties, I was just trying to get them out there to get more ice time. Um, I thought the, you know, 
they were they were feeling it in the third period. They played, I think, over six minutes in the third period. Um, you know, it was just a product of the way the game was going, but they gave us uh, good minutes and a chance to to win the game in overtime. So um, we're going to, as I said, we're going to need to look into uh, trying to find a winning formula heading heading into game number six. Thanks. Good. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, live on 6.30, Chad, after a 5-4 overtime loss to the Los Angeles Kings, who take a 3-2 series lead. They've won the last two games. Woodcroft touched on a few things that have to improve and be the adjustments of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Face-off wins, even though the Oilers uh, did have the face-off advantage tonight. I think there are some puck battles uh, on tied-up face-offs that the Oilers can improve on. He mentioned 50-50 puck battles in general. Oilers have not been good at those. Getting the clear when you have the puck on your stick, I think that's plagued Edmonton the last two games. And he also said they've been slow in defensive zone coverage. And I think we've seen that uh, on some of the goals that the Kings have been able to score that the Oilers haven't been quite closing the gap or, or finishing a check as promptly as they have in the past. And for a team that, as I was saying before Woodcroft came in, is intent on just shooting, 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 well, that's given them a split-second extra to get the shot away and then a split-second extra to get guys to the net. The Oilers know what the Kings are trying to do. And the Kings know what the Oilers are trying to do. I think it's coming down to execution and taking care of details, and the Kings have been better than that. Uh, and especially in the first period tonight, Woodcroft was asked about the start. You're going to hear from McDavid and Dreisaitl. They were asked about it as well. And this was, this was quite frankly, a terrible first period by the Edmonton Oilers. They were uh, not in it early. Uh, they didn't get their first shot on goal until the game was five minutes old. They were out. They were being outshot 11-2, 14 minutes into the game. I mentioned the shots after the first period were 16-5 LA. Uh, Edler hit a post with about four minutes left in the first period. It could have been much, much worse. And first of all, credit to LA. They, they know what they're doing. Then they're, they're executing it. But we also are now seeing a problem plaguing the Oilers in this series that plagued them for, well, about the first 30, 35 games of the year in that the Oilers often did not start games well and often fell behind one nothing two nothing or, or even a lot of times when they fell behind one nothing it, it felt like a bigger deficit than that and uh, we're seeing that rear its ugly head right now yeah sure it'd be great if the Oilers could bottle the energy that they had in the third period and take it into the next game but um, you don't get any carryovers you got to find it here in about uh, 44 hours and see if you can put it out there on the ice so 5-4 the Kings win it in overtime Cam Moon's going to join me here in Studio 99 you can chime in as well on the hotline powered by CertainTeed the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems CertainTeed pro all the way back in a couple of minutes Heartland Ford overtime open line Deep right corner, Jersey, Kopitar, left circle, cross ice, one-timer, what a save, Mike Smith on Kempe. And it bears repeating the stops he made earlier in this period. Okay, Mike Smith finishing with 38 saves tonight. That is his save of the game for Reef Face Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation, don't replace 
reface. However, Smith is beaten by Adrian Kempe a minute 12 into overtime, and the Kings beat the Oilers 5-4 to go up 3-2 in the best of seven. Overtime has not been good to the uh, Edmonton Oilers ever since they ended that 10-year playoff drought in 2017. In the 2017 postseason, they went to overtime four times. They won once. Uh, they had a win and a loss in the first round against uh, San Jose. They lost twice to Anaheim in the second round. When I was uh, talking with Moon before the overtime intermission, I forgot they'd also lost game four in overtime before they blew the lead and lost game five in overtime. I'm sure you remember what happened last year. Lost games two, three, and four in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. And then tonight, uh, they lose in overtime. So... That is uh, six consecutive overtime losses in the playoffs for the Oilers, and they are 1-7 and seven in what I will call the mcdavid Dreisaitl era. That's uh, going back to when they made the playoffs in 2017. So, yeah, they were a shot away from maybe stealing one tonight and pulling it out, and in the playoffs, you just got to get it done one way or the other. But as we were discussing, there are some definite reasons that they uh, lost this game. And certainly the start, a big part of that. Uh, a second period that was okay, but they still lost the period two goals to one. They did rally in the third. Special teams were big. They got a shorthanded goal from Dreisaitl, a power play goal from Dreisaitl. L.A. did score a power play goal on a uh, four-minute uh, high-sticking penalty that Ryan McLeod took when he was on the verge of getting a shorthanded breakaway, but in the process of trying to lift Roy's stick, he uh, clipped him in the face. So uh, he went off for that, and it all adds up to the Oilers. Season being on the line uh, two nights from now when they go to Los Angeles and uh, they'll have to win a road game to keep their season going. Also in the NHL tonight, as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Hurricanes over the Bruins, 5-1. Maple Leafs over the Lightning, 4-3. And the Blues beat the Wild, 5-2. So all those winning teams go up 3-2 in the best of seven series as uh, they were all tied 2-2 going into tonight. In the American Hockey League, the Oilers' farm team, Bakersfield Condors, losing game one of their series, 3-1 at Stockton. Stockton, the number one seed in the Pacific Division. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Brian standing by. Hey, Brian, go ahead. Hey, Reed. How you doing tonight? I'm okay. Uh, so, uh, you touched on so many things. Uh, the one thing, I was happy with how they were playing the body in the first period. And, uh, but there, there were three areas tonight that I thought were really horrendous. One was, again, and I've said it many times to you, they just don't seem to want to play a, a full 60-minute game. And I know that Rob uh, once said to me uh, on, when I commented that not every team plays. There's not a single team that plays 60 minutes. And, and I get that. But you've got to pay, play more than 20 minutes. Yeah, I think – th I'll just jump in quickly. I think you can be – more engaged. I mean, you're not going to win every shift and every period, but the, the first period, it, and I said this after game four, it didn't even look like the Oilers, the same team that we saw the last 38 games of the season. No, so, exactly. So and, anyway. you know, I, I totally agree. I mean, we've seen them play so, so, so much better. And, uh, but, you know, so that's the first part. The second, the, the, the second one was their face-offs. I mean, they were they seemed to be getting so much better during the regular season, and like the last two games, uh, their their face-off. Uh, I'm I'm sure they're not even 
at 40%. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Well, oddly enough, I, I don't know if I said the percentage. The stats say the Oilers won 53% of the faceoffs. I wonder how many times tonight, and it happened a lot in L.A. in Game 4, they won the faceoff or it was contested and then they didn't get the puck. And Dreisaitl's having a poor series in faceoffs. He's down near 40%. I, I think it's obvious at this point Dreisaitl isn't healthy. I don't know what's wrong with him. Uh, but yes, the, I, I think even if they win the faceoff percentage, they're not always getting puck possession, you know, after the faceoff is kind of scrambled or decided. What's your final one? And, and, the, and the final one is kind of like an A and B, both, both kind of similar. But, I mean, allowing they've allowed over 200 shots on in the last, you know, in five games. And uh, the big difference between L.A. and the Edmonton that I'm seeing is L.A. is shooting from virtually everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton, it, they, it's like they want, they, they want to keep going for the, for the, the television goal, you know, the, the pretty goal. Uh, they've got to just start shooting that. But I know L.A. got in the shooting lanes a lot, and they blocked a lot of shots tonight. And, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. But you know you gotta get you gotta cut down the shots that you're giving up, and you gotta be taking more shots. L.A. credited with 30 blocked shots tonight. The Oilers with 15. So yeah, that's that's a good point. And, and I and again, some of it is that shooting mentality. And and I I wonder too. I mean, is there a way for the Oilers here to? to simplify and and organize and, and we know what la is doing defensively we know how they're clogging up the neutral zone I, perry pern was on with me after the first period and he said you can dump the puck in you have to dump it in smartly you have to dump it into an area because la wants you to dump it in so they can turn and get it out but but i do think the oilers became a better team at that in the second half of the season that if there wasn't something there they fired the puck in and tried to get the four check going and, and it worked a lot of times but you but everybody kind of has to be on that same page to do it and here's what i can tell you about the la kings they are all on the same page if you're over the blue line you're whipping the puck at the net and maybe it's a it, well not maybe a lot of times it is a low percentage shot and a lot of times smith is gobbling it up but if it hits something goes off a pad smith doesn't see it gives up a rebound you're creating chaos and, and i i feel like the oilers overall have been a little hesitant especially the last couple of games and that includes coming through the neutral zone are they rushing it in are they dumping it in is somebody trying to stick handle through three or four la kings and then it throws everything off at the blue line if if the Oilers say to each other, we are unless we have a two on one or a three on two, if we hit the red line, we are blasting the puck into this corner or this corner, wherever Quick can't get it, and you think the LA defense can't get it, th then you might be able to start something. But but I feel like some Oilers attacks are getting stymied even before they start, because it seems like they're not really sure what they're going to do with the puck on the attack. Five four Kings win it in overtime. We also have Ruby standing by. Ruby, go ahead. Hey, it's actually uh, Ruby. Ruby, sorry, what did I say? Yeah, not Ruby. Um, oh, Rudy, sorry, okay, my bad. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, just going to be quick here, not as long as coach or that first guy, whoever he is. Um, it's like to say every oiler now, every current and former oiler, every one who thinking about being an oiler or training to be an oiler or even a fan needs to, you know, dig deep, see what they can do to guarantee two Mark Messier games here. You know, two Mark Messier moments, and uh, that's you know everyone there. 
And uh, the dry one, as far as he's concerned, uh, you know, as as far as I'm concerned, he's got the most mental toughness out of anyone. And he's, uh, yeah, real low down right now. Everybody needs to find out what they can do to help him out. Yeah, well, appreciate the, the positive ev- uh, energy, Rudy. Uh, yeah, I mean... We, we, we know the fans are behind the team, uh, but I think the team still has to go out and perform for sure. And they had a tough night tonight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple now. <laughs> like, like, Rob's not here tonight, but he always says, you can never call it a must win until your season is over if you lose. Well, do the math. It's a must win on Thursday. We do have a $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They've been given $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Uh, the Oilers were shut out the last game. They get four tonight. We're up to now 21 playoff goals, so $2,100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Big thanks to James H. Brown and Associates. We have uh, Dylan standing by who has called us a few times throughout the year. I believe it's the same Dylan. Go ahead, sir. Hey man, how's it going? Well, good. Like I, I, I'm okay. I feel bad. Everybody calling in is probably a little despondent, so it's okay. But what's on your mind? Yeah, you know we're all a little bit disappointed right now, and and it's it's hard, right? You watch that wicked comeback, and you're getting all amped up, and you're yelling at the TV, and and walking around, and and then and then they blow it, and then it's over. You get all excited for overtime. You're thinking, holy Christ, we got it coming, and then. They come out flat and don't even touch the puck. Yeah, it was a poor overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but this goes deeper. Um, We had a lot of cap space, and Duncan Keith is not doing it. I'm sorry. Duncan Keith is not getting it done. I don't care what you got to pay for leadership. That is not leadership. Getting burned by Adrian Kentney. And he needs to step up and be better because that's what we, we paid. We paid for that. And he has not shown that he can be big in big times here. It's embarrassing. Ken Holland's got to do something here. And I'm tired of this. Oh, you can't go in every year. When you have McDavid and Drysaddle, you have to go in every year. This France, we need, we should already have a cup by now. And listen, it's hard to win in this league. It, it is very hard to win in this league. But we need to start going in every year because this is ridiculous. There is no reason we should have Duncan Keith on this blue line. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. 7804960063. Uh, I actually thought Keith was having a good series, though he did get beat on that play at the end of a long shift as Kempe went in around uh, McDavid and Keith to win the game. All right, Tyler, Josh, and Graydon are up next on the phone line. Uh, Cam Moon's going to join me here in Studio 99. We'll call a quick timeout. Oilers lose an OT. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. LA 5, Edmonton 4 in overtime. That is your final tonight. Well, I guess last night. It's now 12.10 in the a.m. What day is it? Wednesday, Mooner? Cam Moon joins me here at Studio 99. (laughs) Next game's Thursday in L.A. Oilers have to win to keep their uh, season going. You're ready here for McDavid and Dreisaitl as we move along tonight. uh, The Oilers did go 2 for 3 on the power play. Huge uh, goal to tie it late in the third period. Kings were 1 for 5 on the power play. So they don't have two power play goals in the series. They have also given up two shorthanded goals. Oddly enough, it's five on five that is hurting this uh, this series really for the Oilers. And uh, man, oh man, that was that was that interference on Dano on Kane that set up the Oilers game tying power play. Wow. It was close. It was it was <laughs> a borderline well, call they made. They made. 
Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. But the Oilers took advantage. They did. I, I thought there was a King's goal that could have been icing. Weird call, yeah, on that one. But again, you still got to play the puck. No, I mean, the do. Oilers, yeah. and it happened on, I don't know if it happened on all five King's goals, but it happened on a few King's goals where the Oilers, yeah, the puck probably should have been out or in a better area of yeah, the ice. Yeah. And part of that is the King's pressure. The King's pressure in the Oilers' zone does help create those type of situations and those turnovers. Um, but you're right. It, it needs to be a little tighter within their own end. And there were times this evening where they couldn't get it out and it resulted in a, in a goal against. Um, and that's, I mean, it's fixable, but you got to fix it pretty quick here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll go back to the certainty hotline. We have Tyler standing by. Hey, Tyler, go ahead. Hey, um, I was actually thinking about uh, McDavid hit on the blue line. Tyler, uh, I think I th- do you have your radio on because there's a bit of echo. To the to the second goal. Okay. Just wondering about that change right there. That kind of led into the second goal, and I thought it was it wasn't a bad change, but he looked like he was hurt, and. It kind of led into the play that forced that second goal. I don't know about you, but like, what do you take on that? The can the Kempe goal that made it two one. I think that I think we lost him. I, I'd have to go back and rewatch the play because I don't remember that very well. Yeah, I would have to rewatch Sorry. that to, to we'll, know that. We'll take Tyler's word for it that yeah. he noticed something. Yeah, we will. Speaking of Connor McDavid, here he is down in the Hall of Fame room. Connor, you guys obviously battled back and, and gave yourselves a chance, but if we can just maybe start with the beginning of the game and what you think is happening at the start of these games, not quite where you want to be to get going. Yeah, obviously the starts have uh, not been very good to us. Um, you know, we obviously have to be better. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know they're doing a good job of, uh, of getting pucks to the net early in games and, and uh, you know, it looks like, you know, they're... Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting the puck to the net, and, and uh, obviously we have to find a way to do the same thing. Leon talked about needing to bring the skating legs earlier as well. Do you sense nerves in your group early on in these games? Is, this, is it something that are you getting in your own way a little bit in some ways that way, do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously we haven't brought our best game yet. Um, you know, and they're a good team. You know, they're structured. They play hard. Um, you know, they do a lot, of, a lot of good things out there. So, um, you know, it takes a... A complete game to beat them and you know we haven't brought that yet connor i just wonder about there were a lot of penalties on both sides but especially from you guys at, at parts of the game and was it challenging therefore to get kind of into a flow of the game and, and get get going as a team uh, i mean i think we scored two power play goals and a shorthanded goal so um you know obviously special teams have been good to us um we need to figure out our five on five game obviously um you know so um yeah, it's tough to tough to blame penalties there. Connor, how shocking is this loss considering you had all the momentum in the last 10 minutes and tied the game up, and it looked like you would just carry that over to the overtime and the game ends in a little more than a minute? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, um, you know, there hasn't been a ton of momentum carryover through game to game, period to period. So, um, you know, um, obviously we, we, we didn't carry the momentum over into the overtime period. Thank you. So Connor, it's it's one where you just 
I guess you deal with the, the disappointment and then you quickly focus uh, to the L.A. game. In the last 10 minutes, when you see you guys really had all the momentum, how do you bring that energy to start the game? Like, I know it's not that easy, but how can you take that part and have it ready for puck drop on Thursday? That's the question, isn't it? Um, obviously, that's something we got to figure out. What's the level of frustration like after a loss? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's disappointing, obviously. Um, you never like to lose. Um, you know, but uh, they gave you seven games for a reason, and we need to go get one on the road and bring it back to Edmonton. Is there anything that L.A.'s doing right now that, like, is playing into or leading to your frustration? Do you think it's more on you? Is it possibly, are they doing something in the neutral zone that's making it difficult for you guys to get your skating legs, as Leon referred to earlier? I don't think we ever said we were frustrated. Um, you know, we, we, we knew that this was the game that they were going to play. You know, they play a structured game. They, they play a 1-3-1. A one, one. You know, we know that. Um, you know, we found ways to produce offense. Um, you know, we score four tonight. That needs to be enough in a playoff game. Obviously, it's not. Um, We've got to keep the bucket overnight. All right, that's Connor McDavid who gets three points tonight. Uh, his line mates to start the game anyway, Vander Kane and Kyler Yamamoto, both get none. I set the line at four and a half for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. It was indeed under, so Ron wins the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Kings win 5-4 in overtime. So uh, McDavid with three points. Dreisaitl with three points to lead the Oilers. Kempe, the overtime hero for the Kings tonight. He had two goals and an assist uh, and Troy Stetcher the only other LA King with multiple points he had a goal and an assist tonight and he's been quite a story for LA since being inserted into the lineup uh, as uh, Cam Moon has joined me here in Studio 99 you know I, I, I did on my show Inside Sports some of the keys going into this series and I said about the coaching matchup yeah I, I, I don't know if I, I don't think Jay Woodcroft is doing a bad job coaching but all the buttons Todd McClellan has pushed have worked out yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't plan to lose two games, 14 to You know what I'm saying. But yeah. some guys coming into the lineup, you know, Stetcher came in. He took Athanasio out, put him back in. He gets a goal tonight. And clearly their, the, the commitment to how they want to play has been more effective for L.A. than it has been for Edmonton. The Deneau, Moore, and Grundstrom line, that one has been very good for them. Uh, that's been a handful. And I thought going into the series that uh, wherever Kopitar and Kempe, whoever they were playing with, Iofalo is who they're playing with right now, but whoever they were going to be with, I thought that would be the line to really watch out for. Whereas Deneau, Moore, and, and Grundstrom have, have been the ones that have you know, been putting a lot of pressure, I thought, on the Edmonton Oilers. So Well... And the Kings are doing this right now, and we'll see. I mean, we, I don't want to act like the series is over, but the, the Oilers are in a tough spot. The, the, the Kings are doing this without Drew Doughty and Victor Arvidsson. Yeah. That is like taking Darnell Nurse and probably Zach Hyman out of the Oilers lineup. Yep. No, that, and that's fair. They're, yeah, they're doing it without two of their, their key cocks, and it's a, a lot of playoff experience there, especially with what Drew Doughty has done over the course of time with the LA Kings that's to lose a, a, a defenseman of his stature and his experience and to be up 3-2 in a, a series that you know granted there's only five points between them during the regular season but 
to be in that situation without that guy in the lineup and without Arvidsson in the lineup, sure, that's that's impressive to, to get to this point. Edmonton, they've got to they got to find a way, find a way to all they got to do is win a game to give themselves another day. But uh, the focus will only be on that. They got to find a way to get one. Just get one. All right, we had Josh on the Certainty Hotline. Josh, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing? Not bad. That's good. Um, so we are way better than the LA Kings. I think we have everything we need to do to beat them. I can't believe we're losing. But uh, let me ask you this. What do the last, uh, let's say, four Stanley Cup winning teams have in common? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know where you're going with this. Goaltending, okay, maybe a higher level goaltender? Uh, that too, but not one of them have Connor McDavid. So you can win without McDavid. So I think we need to trade. Oh, sure and uh, maybe get some depth. We could probably get three, four legit guys, and Dreisaitl's contract is unbelievable, so I think we can literally trade McDavid for three or four key guys to win a Stanley Cup. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think they're going to trade McDavid. No. And I don't should, think they're, no? And I don't think they're, they're way better than the LA Kings. I think they should should have been the favorite in this series. I think the majority of people picked the Edmonton Oilers, but I would hesitate to say they're way better than the Los Angeles Kings. Look, the and Rob and I talked about this a lot. The the, the you know Woodcroft said it. The the league has narrowed. There it you know even if you say you have a, a, a tough. I mean we had the Oilers had that road trip where well it's a tough road trip because they had to play Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida. They also trade played Chicago and Philly, and I know they lost to Chicago in overtime. But you know this is not okay, this is not a seven game stretch where you might have four playoff opponents and one bubble team and two bottom feeders. This is another playoff team night after night so I, I, I would not agree that the, 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 the Oilers are, are way better than the LA Kings uh, I, I think that they should have been favored I think me and a lot of people picked them I quite frankly think they're not executing well enough and the Kings are executing their game plan better and, yeah. and that's the difference right yeah now. There, there's not a big difference the Oilers had 49 wins this year LA had 44 and if Edmonton it doesn't go 3-0 and against them in the last three games that they played them in the regular season, well, then it would be a lot different. So, yeah, it, it the, the margin of difference, uh, especially of the playoff teams, uh, you know, eight on each side, it's wafer thin. Like, there isn't a big difference from from top to I mean, bottom washington and, and i'm not and i'm not using this as uh an, an excuse or anything like this because I, I there are some legitimate disappointments about how the Oilers have performed in this series but just if you yeah. want to talk about the playoffs in general the washington capitals were two minutes away from being up 3-1 on the president's trophy winning team on the and even that's now down to a best of three so i would i would hesitate to say except for probably the colorado nashville matchup especially once Soros got hurt I would look at that series and say Colorado is now way better than Nashville, and they were. You know, I, I personally, I think Calgary is, I thought, significantly better than Dallas. That, I mean, that series. And look is at two, that two. series, yeah. So I, I think, it, you know, the seeding means something. Um, there are some series that are going to be rated as upsets at the end of the day by, based on the regular season standings. But uh, I, I didn't expect the. 
you know, regardless of what happened tonight, I didn't think this was going to be a cakewalk series for the Oilers. We got Graydon on the line as well. Graydon, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. How's it going tonight? Not bad. Well, I don't think I'll have as hot of a take as Trade McDavid, but uh, just got a couple of thoughts on the game here. Uh, just uh, from the, like, after game uh, two and three, the, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, two and three, the yeah. team's been off to quite a slow start. Um, do you think it kind of just got into their head a little bit just from, you know, having those two blowout yeah. games? And that, just... that's a, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up, Green, because we haven't really talked about it. I, I mean, you would hope not. Um I think it's maybe maybe I'll look at it more from the Kings perspective I would think they were and I asked Rob about this after one of the games he said that your your first I can't remember which he said came first but it's like embarrassment and then anger or anger and then embarrassment and then you got to refocus and do something about it um now, having said that, it didn't help the Kings for Game 3 because they got blown out again. So it, it's hard to say for sure. I, I would hope not that the Oilers were all, all of a sudden thinking this was, was going to be easy. And and if they if they were thinking that, they, they shouldn't have been thinking it going into this game tonight. What was your other point? Um, and then my second one would be, uh, what, what are your guys' thoughts on the, on the officiating? Like, the, the, the one LA goal, I think it was the third one. That like that was clearly day icing. I'm not sure how that didn't get called. And then I thought two or three of like the LA the penalties I got called on the Oilers were pretty weak. And yeah, I, that's just my thoughts on that. And yeah, I, 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 I thought that was a curious icing call. I, I haven't seen an explanation about it. Uh, yeah, I, I. But in real time, Reed, I, I, I was thought it was ex- going to be icing. Yeah, I expected. Yeah. But and then when it was waved off. Uh, then the Oilers had to win a battle. Yeah. And didn't. And it resulted in a goal against. As far as the officiating goes. I, I, I actually I, I yeah. actually have not had a problem with the officiating no. in this series. It could have there been other calls. Yes. Sure. Um, you can say that at any time. I game. mean they, they had to give McLeod the four minute minor, he cut him. Yeah. I, I know you might be able to say, well, Dursey looked hurt, then he played on the power play. Okay, but Cassian cross checked him well after the whistle. Should Lemieux have been called for cross-checking Barry after the whistle in Game 3, I think it was? Yes, Tim Peel said that on the show with me the other night. Um, overall, I, I can't think of a call where I was... No. Where I was like, why is this referee even working the postseason? No, it hasn't been... Yeah, you can nitpick on a few here and there, but those are going to happen. You watch any game in the playoffs and, and you're going to see stuff like that and then you're going to get some that goes your way and some that goes against you you have to deal with it however it comes however that comes however the calls go as as a team as a coaching staff whatever you still just have to deal with it okay Oilers lose 5-4 in overtime uh, we'll get to more of your calls and you'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl we're live in Studio 99 this is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line and the rebound cleared off the boards and out through center. Kane fell down. Here's Kempe breaking free of McDavid, heading for the net. Kempe shoots and scores. And the Kings win game five. Five, four in overtime. 
Well, Adrian Kempe, the first star tonight. Connor McDavid, the second star. Leon Dreisettle, the third star. We will give the uh, fourth star of the game to a gentleman who scored his first goal of the playoffs tonight, Zach Cassian, the fourth star for Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinel.ca. You know the situation. Oilers down 3-2 in the best of seven. They play in L.A. Thursday night. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline, and we have Ron on hold. Ron, thanks for giving us a buzz. Go ahead. Hey, three comments. Okay. Uh, my son, my son took me to the game tonight, and the fan experience is incredible. Good. You see the o- ocean of uh, orange jerseys, and the energy in that building is crazy. We were, I was ninth row, and on the fourth goal, I was looking right over uh, Drysaddle's shoulder, and to see Connor make that pass through all those sticks in that traffic perfectly and we've seen that goal all year long for me to be in the audience to be right there and see Dreisaitl connect and score man that was goosebumps well you got a great son (laughs) oh it was it was fabulous my last comment is in between the second and third period uh an adult says to this little kid in the oiler uniform Who's going to win the game? And the kid, without hesitation, says, L.A. Kings. <laughs> and I, I looked at the guy and I said, you shouldn't have asked him. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. In a game, you want the best team to win. You don't want a fluky win and the team that didn't play well to win the game. You guys have done a very good job of analyzing the game, and, and that's the answer. If you want to win the game, you gotta you gotta earn it, and you have to deserve to win. I don't want any Oilers fans to get on me, but the team that deserved to win tonight was LA, and this little kid read it right. Well, I think I, I will agree with you that this would have been a bit of a theft if the Oilers had won. Having said that, whoever wins the Stanley Cup will have probably stolen a couple along the way. Not all 16, but maybe one or two out of the out of the 16 so i i yeah i I get ron's point about uh deserve it doesn't always work out in that way and in the playoffs it's it's pretty black and white if you steal one along the way that that's fine but i mean over the course of the game la was better i mean for the first 20 minutes obviously better second half of the second period better portions of the third period they still played well and then overtime was not close. <laughs> no, but and it wasn't long. <laughs> well, and it was, we were saying off air, I think it was Moore, had a partial breakaway eight seconds into overtime. Down the left wing, I thought, oh, this is, this is going to be done. Uh, I'm not sure if he shot it over the net or Smith got a piece of it. And then cycle, cycle, cycle. A couple point shots got tipped and just went yeah. went wide. But, yeah, no, the, the, the young, the, the, the kid, kid read it right i mean it was also 3-1 la after the first period so if that kid was gambling he's just playing the odds at that point it's uh, i'm not condoning youth gambling no no uh but you do see you're right though reed you do see teams where you, you get outplayed for 40 minutes and you still steal a win maybe your goaltender keeps you in and and you know holds you in the game mike smith held the oilers in in the third period with a couple of saves 
I thought that uh, when his team was down you know, 3-1 or when his team was down 4-2, was able to keep the Oilers in it enough to, to have that well, opportunity and, to come back. And that's another reason why I'd like to see the Oilers get as busy around the net as the Kings have been. Um, yeah. I mean, okay, like... Smith's gives up five. Smith's given up nine in the last two games, and I would say goaltending issues are far down on the list of the problems for the Oilers, which is maybe the reverse of some of the things we saw during the season. And uh, Jonathan Quick is a good goalie. Yep. But you can clearly beat him. You can clearly beat him four times on 28 shots. Uh, that math suggests if you got to 35 shots, maybe you get, you get five in regulation. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, again, it comes back down to the Oilers not having the puck enough puck battles 50 50 battles yeah. and i still think there are now i know la is getting sticks in shooting lanes and if they block one shot maybe you're frustrated to shoot it the next time but th throw it at the net get busy down low yeah. pass off the pillows something make him move around i mean he's a great goaltender he was nowhere to be found on cassian's goal you, you can pressure him and get him to make mistakes but for a good portion of it of the first period and of the second getting the puck and with sustained pressure in the king's end was was a chore and los angeles did a really good job through the neutral zone a really good job i thought of contesting their blue line so they weren't giving up much off the rush in the first 40 minutes and then once you get it there then yeah if you can get sustain a cycle or get possession in the zone find a way to get shots through Exactly. But I thought it took a lot of work just to get to that point. And part of that is what the Kings are doing. And, and they're doing it well. And it's not a surprise. No. I mean, they're doing exactly what we figured they would. But they are executing it rather well. What you're saying is, the Kings are who we thought they were. <laughs> and we let them off the hook. Yes, something to that effect. All right. You'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers lose an OT. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Five four LA Kings win in overtime. Comeback by the Oilers in the third period. They got two goals from Drysettle in the final eight minutes to force OT. Had a lot of pressure late in the third. Couldn't go ahead. And then uh, a very short overtime, just a minute twelve seconds, and Kempe scores. Oilers really never had uh, clean possession of the puck in OT. So the Kings lead the series three games to two. Here is uh, Tony on the Certainty Hotline. Hey Tony, go ahead. I have a few, I have a couple questions to ask you guys because I never played hockey from like certain ages. Connor said during his interview that they knew they played the 1-3-1 one, one trap. And you can tell by the way that they play that we have trouble getting into the zone because they play that way. But one thing I want to know is how do you combat that so you can kind of use that as a disadvantage for them and the other one i want to know is why is it that tonight there are a few times and there's been a few times during the series where the kings will attack like they will literally jump right on us and like example tonight no punched um, i think it was kane and but yet then goes right back to the right back to the bench because they didn't call a penalty on him whatsoever well, that was a scrum that involved a lot of players. Uh, I think that was the one Kane initiated. An L.A. player did get a penalty out of it. 
often in scrums like that, there might be four or five guys throwing punches or cross-checks, but they usually pick one or two from each team. Uh, I, I will refer back to, I, I talked to Perry Pern during the first intermission, and he said the Oilers should be dumping the puck in more, but also dumping it in to a specific area of the defensive zone. He said L.A. wants them to shoot it in, and they have that defenseman back there to go and try to quickly retrieve it, so you have to be smart about where you put it so you can still get a forecheck going. And the Kings have executed what they want to do better than what the Oilers how the better than what the Oilers have executed. You know what I'm trying to say, everybody. It's late. They're out playing Edmonton, and I don't think Edmonton's adjusting and playing smartly enough, quite frankly. Leon Dreisaitl, here he is. Leon, I know you guys, uh, you were able to work your way back into that game, but maybe we can just rewind to the beginning and, and obviously not the start you wanted. What, to, what do you think happened there in that opening frame and why? Uh, yeah, we just got <coughs> um, outskated um, early on, and um, once... Once we found our legs, um, it was a lot, lot better for us, obviously. But um, yeah, five, five goals against obviously isn't going to cut it. I know this goes without saying, Leon, but the start of games are obviously something you guys are battling with a little bit right now. How critical is it to find an answer, and where do you think that answer lies? The answer lies in the room. Uh, we just, <laughs> we, we got to come out a little harder, a little. Uh, or we we, we got to come out with our skating legs underneath us, and uh, yeah, we, we we haven't had that the last couple of games, real not not any games really in this series. So um, we're looking to do that in two days. There's a there's a tenaciousness the Kings are playing with that you guys seem to be having trouble with. Uh, it took you you know I think you had 14 shots on net in two periods. Uh, I guess how much do we blame the Kings for the way the orders played tonight? Well, I don't. They're obviously a good team, but I think this is this is on us. Uh, we're not we're not playing to our standard. We're not working to our, to our standard, and um, you know that that starts with my line. Uh, we we have to be a lot better, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's where it has to start. This is a team that's really bounced back well after a loss in the last two and a half months. You guys get beat, and you come back hard. Uh, it, not tonight, for the first time in a long time. Any idea? Um, no, I mean, like I said, we, we, we have to make sure that we're skating when, when the game uh, when the game starts. When, when the puck drops, we have to make sure that we have our skating legs. That's, that's when we get into games, and that's, that's how we're a tough team to handle. So um, something that we need to fix. Leon, you, had, you seemingly had all the momentum after a tenacious final 10 minutes. You, you guys tied the game, a shorthand goal, a power play goal. And then overtime started almost kind of similar to, to how the game started. They just seemed to have you guys on your heels right away. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what exactly happened there. Um, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't quite see it, but um, obviously not the start to overtime that, um, that we wanted. But, yeah. Uh, Leon, there were a lot of uh, penalties on both sides, but from, from your perspective, from the penalties that your team took, what did you think of that? Was it hard to kind of get in the flow of the game, because especially in the early in the third when you had all those penalties? Uh, no, uh, but we, we do have to watch our sticks and, and be a little more, more disciplined um, going, going forward here. 
um, you know, obviously we can't can't play half the game or quarter of the game um, shorthanded. So uh, takes a lot of guys out of the uh, <coughs> sorry um, out of the game. So um, yeah, we'll we'll fix it. The way you guys really came back in that third period, you know, I, I guess I'm not sure how to exactly to phrase this, but the, the result must seem shocking because it seemed like you had all this momentum going. Was was the start of the overtime just kind of a surprising kind of turn of events for you guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're bang on. We had um, we had the momentum going in. Um, obviously, the break didn't come didn't come at a time in in our favor, but that's the way the game works. Um, obviously, we have to go to LA and, and win a game and uh, make sure we, we bring it back here. Does it get harder to uh, get back to that baseline that Jay wants you guys at after a loss like this? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have a baseline that, that um, we want to compete at, and we haven't done that in the last couple of games, and, and that's what makes us a good team, and uh, we're, we're going to have to make sure that we get back to that. Just the process of flushing this. This was really emotional, really intense, but that's kind of the way the playoffs are, Leon. So, you know, how do you think this group will do it, putting this where it needs to be and then getting back at it? Yeah, I mean, we, we have no choice, right? We got we to gotta go to L.A. and win, win one game and, and bring it back here. And um, that's, that's what we're focused on. We'll flush this one. Um, we, we know that we can be a lot better. Um, so, yeah, just move on and... and you know, make sure we're ready for the next one. Well, that is Leon Drysettle who scores two big goals tonight, but the biggest one goes to Adrian Kempe of the Los Angeles Kings. 5-4 in overtime is the final. You can get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630ched.com. Oilers now coming up from noon to 2 today on 630ched. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30 Chet. Next game broadcast is Thursday, 6 o'clock face-off show, puck drop, a little bit after 8, Oilers must win to keep their season going. ...by Friesen Brothers. Rob Brown will rejoin us for game 6. This has been Hartland Ford, overtime open line. Have a good night. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.